No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. If you're a baseball fan, one of the true pleasures of the game is the actual physical beauty of the field. Dave Mellower, our next guest, is one of the best at making baseball fields as healthy and as beautiful as they can be. He is the head of groundskeeping and more at Fenway Park for the Boston Red Sox. He's written two books of horticulture, but his new book is a personal story. It's a story of overcoming post-traumatic stress disorder, and it is titled One Base at a Time, and it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Dave Mellor. Dave, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. Dave, you, you've also been on E60. Uh, we did a story a few years ago, Buster Olney, about your remarkable personal story um, going back to 1981 when you were a star high school pitcher and you were hit by a car as a pedestrian, a freak accident to McDonald's parking lot. Uh, and and that, that changed your life that moment on July 10th, 1981. Yes, sir. It turned out actually to be one of the luckiest days of my life. At the time, um, my dream was to make it to the majors as a player. My grandfather played in 1902 in the majors, and my dream was to follow in his footsteps and someday hopefully stand on Fenway Park's mound. And a month after I got out of high school, while walking into a McDonald's restaurant, a car came off the street, hit me, threw me 20 feet in the air, the car kept coming at a higher rate of speed and hit me a second time, pinning my knee against the wall. And I thought not only was my leg crushed, I thought my dreams were crushed. I didn't know what I would do with my life. And my family inspired me to not only not give up, but to find a career that I would love to do because they said so many people don't like their job. So I brainstormed to think about what I would love. I, I loved being outside. Science was a subject I enjoyed in school. I grew up taking care of people's lawns, and I loved baseball. So I thought someone had to be a major league groundskeeper. And my brother lived in Milwaukee at the time and told me if I could get a job with the Brewers, I could live with him to save money. So that was 35 years ago. I reached out to the Brewers and kind of just broke them down with uh, many, many requests follow-up letters and phone calls, and they gave me an opportunity. We're speaking with Dave Mellower, the acclaimed groundskeeper and horticulturist. His new book is One Base at a Time, How I Survived PTSD and Found My Field of Dreams. But when you get to Milwaukee and you're working, you eventually are working for the grounds crew there, um, it's 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 almost unfathomable what happened then uh, one night at County, one day at County Stadium. Yes, sir. In uh, October of 1995, we were uh, getting ready to resod the field. All the sod was off the uh, field, and we were, uh, I was out in left field raking around an irrigation head, and I, I heard a car. I was certainly hyper aware of car noises, and I heard a car, and I thought, that is weird to hear a car inside the stadium. And I turned around, and I saw a car coming from behind the bleachers, toward an open double field gate um, that was behind the left fielder. 
So I ran to the warning track and put my hands up to motion for the lady to stop. And she stepped on the gas and smiled as big as she could and came right at me and hit me. And I landed in a pile at the base of the outfield wall. And she made a full lap around the track speeding following the edge of the grass. And as she made the full lap around and saw me laying on the track, she veered toward me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to run me over again. And at the last minute, she swerved to miss me and slammed on the brakes and stopped right beside me, sat up in her car and excessively waved at me and smiled and kept waving and then sat down, stepped on the gas and peeled out and covered me in track material and went through the gate behind the bleachers. And my heart was racing in my throat. My ears were ringing. But as I gathered my thoughts, I I could hear her screaming cuss words. And I pulled myself up against the wall pads and limped out behind the bleachers. And by this time, she was out of her car screaming at the guard to let her out. And I noticed her car was still running. And so I thought I should take the keys out before she hurt someone else. And as soon as I turned her car off, she came running over and got right in my face, screaming cuss words and spitting on me, telling me to give her her keys. And when I didn't, she got in the car and locked it, locked the car up. And shortly thereafter, the deputies arrived. And when I gave them the keys, they unlocked the door and she grabbed an ink pen and tried to stab them. And... They put her in the car, and turned out she had a past history with mental illness. In 1991, she had uh, stalked, been arrested for stalking Julio Iglesias. 1993, she was arrested on international charges, threatening the Queen of England, demanding to be adopted. And the night before, she had uh, uh, driven on the field and hit me at County Stadium. She had assault, tried to assault Oprah in Chicago. But it had gotten away, but Oprah's security staff had gotten a picture of her. And it turned out she had the same clothes on from the night before. Speaking with David Mellower, his new book is One Base at a Time, How I Survived PTSD and Found My Field of Dreams. And it's, um, you know, it, it it's almost uh, impossible to believe that you could be figuratively struck by lightning twice like that, hit by cars, Uh you know, in a parking lot, it makes a little more sense, obviously, than while you're doing your job inside County Stadium. How do you even begin uh, to process uh, at that time in 1995 what had happened to you for a second time? You know, it it, it was a uh, it was a difficult time. You know, starting the first night in '81, I started having one to five vivid, lifelike nightmares every night for 29 years. And I was scared to go to sleep. I, I knew as, as well as the sun was going to go to set that night, I was going to have a nightmare. It's just a question of how many. And I slept with the TV on so that when I screamed out at night, I could try to tell my roommates in college and when I was at home with my mom. And then when I got married, my wife and kids, it was the TV. And back then I thought it was a t- sign of weakness to ask for help. So I kept all these raw, buried emotions and, and inside, and and now I know it's a sign of strength to ask for help. And we want to bring awareness in the book to not only PTSD and 
how incredible and life-changing service dogs are, but let people know that it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help, but that it's a sign of strength, and it takes courage, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And that, you know, for all those years, I had no idea all these symptoms I had, what was causing it. And luckily, and on September 23rd, 2010, I during an acupuncture treatment, I just happened to pick up a Smithsonian magazine that was amongst probably 50 different magazines. I picked it up for, during my treatment, and the first page I opened was about a new treatment facility uh, for veterans dealing with post-traumatic stress. And it listed 12 symptoms of post-traumatic stress, and as I started reading them, chills ran through me and tears started pouring down my face when I act, realized I either actively had or had dealt with 10 of those 12 symptoms. The only ones I did not have were suicide or drug use. And while it scared the heck out of me, it gave me hope that if I had PTSD and I went through counseling, that hopefully I could be a better dad and a better husband because as much as I tried to protect my family from my symptoms and my mood swings and my flashbacks, I knew there were times that I wasn't as good a dad and husband as I wanted to be. So after reading that article, I went home and told my wife everything that had been going on. And she knew something was up, but she just didn't know what. And we went to the hospital the next day and started, you know, I started intense counseling and Back then, I, I was embarrassed to say I was in counseling, but now I'm proud to say I'm a PTSD survivor and proud to say I'm in counseling. And counseling's changed my world and my family's world for the better. We're speaking with Dave Mellor. He's the head of groundskeeping at Fenway Park for the Boston Red Sox. He's an artist of a kind as well. Uh, you can Google his uh, his artwork, which is a different... Um, expressions of his artistic vision as played out on fields, uh, some spectacular work. His new book, as you've been hearing, is One Base at a Time, How I Survived PTSD and Found My Field of Dreams. And we could uh, certainly do a whole show dedicated to your experience. Um, it's such a remarkable and inspiring story, Dave. But you know, to, to have been um, attacked as you were in a place that most people associate with a kind of serenity and particularly for you where you found refuge on the baseball field doing your job, what happened at County Stadium in 1995, how did you get back to a place, and I know it took a while, where you could even feel comfortable being in a ballpark? Yes, sir. You know, certainly it was something that back when it first happened, you know, I was having flashbacks if I smelled car exhaust, if I heard revving engines, squealing tires, you know, even if I uh, smelled McDonald's French fries from the first accident could trigger a flashback. Back then, if I kept myself busy, it seemed like my symptoms were not as bad. But if I, if I had idle time, my symptoms were worse. And there was a time that I self-medicated with alcohol at night. And uh, luckily in 2006, my wife came down to the basement and said, you know, coming down here after dinner, you're taking valuable time away from uh, uh, me and the girls and we wish you would stop. And that was like a lightning bolt to my heart. You know, I wasn't going down there to get drunk. I was just hoping that maybe I wouldn't, my nightmares wouldn't be as bad. And 
I stopped drinking that night and haven't had a drink since. And I learned in counseling that, you know, self-medicating is a common, common symptom with PTSD and that PTSD, I thought for years, was only caused by war. But now I know PTSD can be caused by any life-threatening trauma. Um, and so we just want to bring awareness to people that, you know, to not suffer in silence that I, like I did and to celebrate life every day. You know, my dad died when I was three, and my mom and two brothers raised me, and my, one of my brothers, Terry, was especially close to me, um, and that my other brother was away at school sooner, and my brother Terry was my mentor, my best friend, um, made so many sacrifices for me, and he tragically died suddenly in July of 98. There's so many things I wish I would have told him. And I just got caught up living my daily life. And I just want to encourage people to learn from my mistake and reach out to their loved ones today and often because you never know how soon and how quickly something can happen. In fact, just two years ago, I was flying on a domestic airline, sitting in my seat when the luggage compartment door above me came disconnected, slammed into my head and shoulder and gave me a severe concussion and dislocated my clavicle, which I'm still dealing with. And so I just encourage people to make the most of every day, thank the people around them, and just really celebrate life. Well, we've been speaking with Dave Mellor. His is a story of trauma and triumphing over it. His new book is One Base at a Time, How I Survived PTSD and Found My Field of Dreams. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here in The Sporting Life. Thank you so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.